Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm good. It feels so weird seeing you in the daylight. It feels weird being in the daylight. It feels weird being on Kettlebells and Cocktails in the middle of sober October, drinking a Fit Aid and just loading up on caffeine. It's the best. Oh, were we not supposed to drink during this show just because it's midday? My boss frowns my on it. My my boss frowns um, on it, but I, I, I've, uh, I've kicked in the no drinking for October anyway, and I'm already very sad about it, but it's all good. My boss is cool with it. She's cool. Just sometimes she can be kind of a bitch, but usually she's cool. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm excited. We got the new, newly appointed CrossFit CEO, Don Fall. Don, how are you? I'm awesome. And I guess after hearing that, I need to put the, the Bloody Marys that I've got here on standby away. So, but I, uh, I'm super excited to be here. Appreciate you guys having me on. I don't. Uh, I don't think anyone at uh, CrossFit headquarters is going to tell you you can't drink, Don. I think you can do what you want. For sure. For sure. <laughs> that was yeah, a prerequisite for the job. So. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. It's usually a prerequisite for this show. We just you caught us in the middle of the day, which we don't uh, we don't normally do. And uh, like I said, I'm doing sober October because I'm training harder right now, leading into I'm I'm preparing for your open for whatever that's worth. And so I'm like I need a month of like reset and get hardcore. And I'm very sad about it. Very sad. <laughs> get hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought you were mainly training for Wadapalooza, but I guess that that'll spring right into the open from there. Yeah. Well, that was the whole point of uh, training for the gauntlet was that, you know, the opens in February right. and the gauntlets in January. Right. So I'm like, if I train for Wadapalooza, I'll be fully prepared for the open when it shows up and, yeah. uh, and be ready to do it. And I did, you know, so Don doesn't know this, but I didn't train at all for it last year. I mean, just other than my normal five days a week showing up at my affiliate and I did real well. Like I got real close to quarterfinals and I was like, damn, I wish I, like I had regret. I was like, I wish I had tried harder and maybe I could have cleared that extra 3% I would have needed. And so I'm like this year, I'm going to do it. I'm if I don't make it, that's fine, but I need to know. I need to know if I can. I need to know. No. I do. I need to know. This is the way we're wired. This is the way CrossFitters are wired. You need to know. Hundred percent. I love it. I love to hear that. Well, good luck. Do do you do you do that in your own training, Don? Do you like? Do you, is that your mindset, or you just screw it? Oh, just no. go in and yeah, stay I, I do it. I you know one of my uh, you know one of the things you know everyone who knows me will tell you like I am irrationally competitive, and I've always been irrationally competitive. <laughs> like I can't. Like, you know, there's been many a story of like a family gathering fun game that turned ugly or, or at worst, like a, a office uh, get together or, or competition that went sideways. So it's, you know, I figure, hey, what better place to work and, and be safe in, in that competitiveness than CrossFit? So Dude, I have mm-hmm. two daughters that I've quite literally never let me beat them at anything. And they both have <laughs> stories when they finally beat me at what their what their thing was, you know. And they were so excited, you know, and, and there's something to be said for that of like making sure your kids understand the world's not going to give you anything. And then uh-huh, when they do beat you, uh-huh. they're like, you know, it's like a momentous moment for them that they just never forget. 100%. Yeah. We, my yeah. wife and I, so my wife was, was an athlete, um, is an athlete. Gosh, don't tell her I said that she is an athlete. <laughs> um, and we, uh, we, you know, we've got three little girls and we, uh, we talk all the time about this. And, and one of the things that I look back at, at, um, you know, have been fortunate to have been exposed to sports really early on, have, have been engaged in it my whole life and, and learning about adversity, learning about overcoming obstacles, being a part of a group and a team, so valuable. So we're trying not to be the crazy parents who like, jam their kids into all these activities but we see those organic moments when our daughter ran a a mile run this past weekend and she came home so excited because she cut two minutes off her mile time and it was it was uh, we were pretty happy about that i think that's rad i think that's so cool i i was actually just recently telling this story of someone one of my friends but my my brother growing up was nine and a half years older than me so almost like another parental figure at a certain point and um he never ever, not a single time, let me win at anything that we were doing or playing together. Like, no, I'm serious. And I'm sure shit would try to pull the like, but I'm the baby or, but I'm a girl. I want another turn. I want to whatever. And he would not. And it used to really upset me. And it took me some time to realize that it was like, just so good. And it made me more hearty in those adverse moments. Like that was just like a really excellent teaching 
lesson that he gave me throughout my entire childhood. And now I will never, ever let Matt win anything that he plays against me. And for that reason, and that reason alone, he will not ever play Mario Kart with me anymore because he says that it's not fun because he never wins. Mm. There you go. Yeah. You tried. Uh, did your daughter, I did. your daughter run in a faster mile than you already? It's pretty close. Is it? It's, it's pretty close. <laughs> Then that's going to be, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what my feelings, the mixture of like losing, but pride. I don't know where mm. I'm going to get out on that, but, but I know that day is coming quickly. Oh, I, I trust me. I can tell you mine was a competitive <laughs> runner. She was running track and field and cross country and was running about a six minute mile at her fastest. Wow, and, dang. um, when she was starting to get better, I would go run with her and I was a pretty decent runner at that point. And we'd go do 800 meter splits. And I would torture her. I'd let her lead the whole way. And then I'd sprint the last 200 meters and beat her. Well, we went to a track and field meet in Virginia or somewhere. And I'm like, hey, baby, you need to go get a run and let's go run. She's like, all right. And as long as I live, I'll never forget this. We're out on the track and we're running. And I watch her start pulling away. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go catch her. And I couldn't catch her. Like, and it wasn't even close. She's like looking over her shoulder. She's continuing to pull away. And that was the moment I realized I was never going to be faster than her again at least in this moment in our life. And it was, it was a weird feeling of mm. you got this competitive streak where you don't want to lose, but you're so proud that your kid has put in so much work to do this and how good they've gotten. And so it's a very weird mixture. Very weird. Mm. Totally. It's oh, fun though. Cool thing. That day is coming for me yeah. for sure. So I'm going to prepare myself. There you go. Well, uh, congratulations on your new role. We've, I think yeah. we've probably got about a thousand new questions. I'm gonna let Nikki hit you with the, the first few. Cause she's, like I said, she's the smart one. Uh, thank you. No, no, but yeah, no, congrats Don. And I'm so excited that we have a chance to kind of get to know you a little bit better and understand more about you and where you came from and, and what your role is. And I think I'd like to kick off the series of questions I have, cause I'm made of questions with just sort of a general, like, I, I would love to hear from you in your words, what it is exactly that you do, like what your role <laughs> means. And, and the reason, the reason I'm asking and the reason why I want it to be kind of general like that is because I feel like every single person in our CrossFit community has something to say about what's happening in this company, right? Like we're a very unique brand in that sense, because we all feel a very, uh, <laughs> a very unique sense of ownership, right? We walk into the affiliates every day. We feel particularly connected to the, the company as a whole and what's happening all the way up the chain of command. And, you know, everybody thinks that they're smarter than the next person in the comment section on Instagram. So I just feel like when, when we see turnover on the high level within a company like CrossFit, everyone has an opinion and everyone's like, well, this guy's going to do this. And the last guy said this and Don's whatever. And I don't think that any of those people people really have an idea of what it is exactly that your role affects and the mm -hmm. decisions that you make and what that means for the, the company and also what that means for us on the affiliate level. They just assume that they know. So I'd love to hear from you what exactly your role entails and how it affects sort of the brand CrossFit as we know it as, as members of the community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, what a great place to start. Um, and obviously have been thinking about this a lot as, as I was getting ready to start the job and over the last couple of months as I get up to speed, um, really thinking about how do I best serve and support the company, but actually even more broadly, how do I best serve and support the community? You know, I, this is not like any job that I've ever had the opportunity to have. Um, I've been really lucky. You know, I spent time in the Marine Corps. I worked at some great companies and they were awesome. Uh, I learned a ton, worked with a bunch of great people. Um, but I don't know that I've ever had the type of emotional connection um, uh, to, to to what a company does, what an organization does that I have with CrossFit. You know, we, we talk about this all the time. You talk to anyone who's been exposed to CrossFit and you hear how it's changed their life in some sort of way. And that was the case for me, you know, eight years ago, you know, walking into a box uh, after decades of, of playing sports and making bad decisions about my body and taking care of myself, thinking that I could never honestly kind of feel and compete at the same level again. And CrossFit changed all of that for me. And, and on another level, introduced me to a group of people, a community that have become such an important part of my life. And so, you know, I, I felt that I experienced that. And, and then you see every, you know, as we know, you know, a hundred people in your life, hundreds of people who, who have not experienced that yet, but could, and should that you want them to, 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 to feel what you felt. 
And, you know, you do the math on it and there's probably tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people, maybe around the world whose lives we could impact. Um, and so that's the starting point for me. And I, I, I mentioned that because I feel like I and we have an obligation, like part of this work is an obligation to take this thing that's so special and magical and impactful and make sure that we touch as many lives as we possibly can. Um, and so that, that for me is the starting point. And that's kind of the, the true North. And it gets to a huge part of what I think our responsibility is. My responsibility is being really clear on what we're working towards. We have one of the other things that makes CrossFit unique is it's not, it's not a company. It's not a corporation. It's this ecosystem and community. And we have both the, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, right? We have so many parts of that community who are so passionate, um, and with that comes a lot of opinions uh, and perspectives, but also what it comes with is, I think, a desire to, to, to push this thing forward. And that's an amazing asset for us. So, so the question then is, is what role do we play in, in bringing all of those people and organizations and, and moving them in the same direction? And one of the first things I heard, you know, I was super fortunate. My first week of this job was at the games, which is ridiculous, the best first week of work ever. What I heard from so many people was, you know, this is affiliates, coaches, athletes, partners, uh, members of the press in, in, in unity saying, we want to help. Like we <laughs> want this to be bigger, but we need to know where we're going. And, and it's been really hard for the past X years to understand how we plug in what this community is working for. So a, a, a huge part of my job and our responsibility is, I think, at HQ, our job is is to listen, is to have conversations, and then put a stake in the ground and say, this is what we're working towards, and then create the conditions where our team, our company, our partners, et cetera, can all align around it. Um, there's a lot more, but I think that, that is the single most important thing that we need to do is, I think, articulate a real clear path forward and then to create the conditions where we can all move uh, towards that together. Well, I guess, you know, my, my question of that then would be, it's a, and I'm with you. I, I think it's a brilliant message. How long does it take to create that vision for an ecosystem this big? And we're talking 15,000 affiliates. God knows how many of us crazy people out there, like how long does it take to create that vision? And then to be able to put the stamp and say, this is where we're going. Everybody get in line. Let's run. Yeah. So our goal has been um, to have that out and communicated by the end of the year. So we are, we're making really good progress on this. So we started, you know, I had kind of three things that I wanted to tackle more tactically when I started. One was uh, learning. You know, I've been, in the, I've been doing CrossFit for eight years, but, but still a lot for me to learn. So meeting with a ton of folks and just getting contacts, meeting with our team and learning where we are. Um, two, I've been trying to plug in and support our team and our execution. There are still decisions we need to make day in and day out to support the community and move the ball forward. And then the third piece is bringing our leadership team together at, at HQ and saying, okay, what is that true north? How do we get to alignment around it? We are all going to, we're going to discuss it. We're going to debate it. And then we are going to commit to it together and we're going to execute uh, against it, um, um, uh, you know, with this aligned sense of purpose. So we've done that work. Part of that is a, <clears throat> we started with actually a longer term. So we wanted to start with, let's go out a little bit. Um, we chose eight years, 2030, nice round number. What does the world look like if we're successful? So we'll come back and we'll share that. The next step in the process then was, okay, if we can, you know, we understand where we want to be and what the community looks like and the role that, that each important member of the ecosystem plays, what's our focus then for 2023? So how do we get there? What are the first steps that we need to take? And to, you know, preview a little bit of this. Um, what's clear to us now is in the course of the next year or so, um, our top two priorities for the company are going to be first about growth figuring out how we reach more people. So, so we all know, again, that that is incredible as CrossFit is. There are tons of people who could benefit from it, but think CrossFit's not for them. It's dangerous. I have to be fit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We got to figure out how to reach those people and get them to take the first step and walk into affiliate. So we're going to put a lot of work around that. And we're going to measure that by the number of new members of the CrossFit community that are around the world. The second thing that, that we're going to invest in, and, and there's a lot of complementary work here, is um, doing a better job continuing to invest in supporting our affiliates. 
Um, we know the brand is critical. We know our job is to get people to walk in the door, but the magic of CrossFit happens in boxes around the world when, when you're exposed to that coach and that affiliate owner who's putting in the work to help you achieve what you need to. And so our team's been doing really good work on this. We've made progress. We came from a world where we didn't do a whole heck of a lot to support affiliates. Um, we've made good progress and there'll, there'll be continued investment next year. With a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that's, you know, um, what everyone's wanting to hear, particularly around the affiliates is great. I think that, you know, I have some questions around the communication piece. You guys are planning to, you know, release on this communication yeah. by the end of the year. And I think historically, and I say this with love for all past leadership, because I think we've loved them all in different capacities. Is communication's always been kind of a rough thing between CrossFit and affiliates and just the community in general, you know, in the old days, and I'm, I'm, I go back a decade. So does Nikki, we had the CrossFit journal, like that was our thing. You know, you get all your news mm -hmm. in the journal and then somewhere along the way you have all these, you know, third party influencers, not unlike us, I guess, you know, kind of spreading the word of what's going on in the community. And it felt like less and less coming from HQ. Like, how do you solve for that? How do you help the company do a better job of giving clear communication so everybody knows what's going on as opposed to leaked stories coming out on morning chalk up or wherever. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, you know, I think this is about, we have to shift the culture. You know, I think it, it we, uh, you know, looking at where the state of the ecosystem is today. And even the way that I think we at HQ have thought about a relationship with members, affiliates, partners, I think somewhere along the way, this, competitive dynamic crept in in places where it's not all about us moving in the same direction. It's about, Hey, how do we divide the pie? I also think we didn't necessarily kind of build the muscle of like internally, Hey, our job is, is to communicate and be transparent. And um, so, so I think for us, we, one of the things that we're focused on that I've started with is actually just transparency inside the company, inside HQ. Mm. We don't do a great job it's with this. Huge. There. It's huge. So um, transparency is hard, right? It, it, it's, it's, you got to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to communicate. There are going to be things that find their way outside the walls. And we've got to build the trust and build the muscle to say, look, we're going to do it because it's important. We're going to do it internally. We've started to do that internally. We're getting our teams talking to each other. We've historically been pretty siloed across different parts of the business. And I think if we can do that and show the benefits of it, we're going to start doing that. We will do that externally as well. And so I'm making it a priority. Um, the community is going to hear from me. Um, so saying, hey, we're going to be back before the end of the year and we're communicate where we're going. And my expectation is with each of our respective teams, for our customers, for our members, for affiliates, for coaches, for partners, um, we are going to work on being transparent, trusted partners. And we're going to get it wrong sometimes. Um, and we're going to get criticized for things that we do I, full on. Like we're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. Um, I think the being willing to, it's just like inside the box. If you're not willing to self, to put yourself out there and, and try something and fail, you can't make progress. And so we got to have a little bit of courage of our convictions. I know we're going to get beat up at times. We're going to, there's going to be opinions, but I think we've got to have the courage to, to lean into what we believe is the right thing to do, to communicate that, to listen, to course correct when we make mistakes and show, Hey, we're not going to get it right, but we will listen and we will get back on the right path. Um, this is going to take time. You know, we're not going to get perfect at it, but you should see and you should hold me and hold us to getting to a better place on this. Because I think it is, again, our one of the, the, the incredibly unique opportunities we have is we have this ecosystem of folks who want, want to and are willing to help. And the only way we can tap into that is if we're willing to kind of communicate where we're going so that people can align around it positive through the criticism, Don. Like I, you know, I was thinking about the, you guys have had all these announcements this week and I'm always like, I'm the guy that goes into the comments with popcorn and just reads the comments for an hour. Cause it's, he always is, kind of, he you know, is. it's kind of funny, but I'm also reading them this week going, you know, looking at it going, this is the first time we've gotten kind of a big scale announcement about the games this far in advance. I don't know Boz or Justin at all really, but you know, I, I'm sure they put a ton of work into that. And then I'm reading the comments going, man, that's, that has to be tough from a positivity mm. standpoint and just emotionally that you've invested this time and now you've got, you know, naysayers just kind of blowing you up over whatever, like as a leader, how do you keep your team engaged and positive and 
and moving forward through some of that criticism? Yeah, it's, it's such a good question. Um, you know, I think that the, the piece that I would start with is, is at a high level is I think taking a step back, we have the unique privilege of having a community that cares and that really cares that takes the time to read every single detail of what we put out there. And with that comes the pain um, of, of dealing with these comments. And, and now there's no way we're ever going to announce anything that everyone agrees with. That is right. not possible. Right. Um, and so, but we have a lot of people like reading the announcement. I thought the team did a great job with the announcement this week. There's a lot of excitement too. Um, and there's a lot of folks who are saying, Hey, it's exciting to see X, Y, and Z. So one, just recognize like our job, it is impossible. And it's not our job to make every single person happy. Our job is to have the, to do the work, to, 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 to clearly articulate a path forward and do the best we can to make good decisions about how we get there. We should listen because we are going to get it wrong sometimes, you know, and, and let, but let's listen through the lens of, of evaluating the decisions we make uh, and, and using that to move the ball forward. Um, and we just got to create a little bit of a culture of like a little bit of the water off the duck's back. Like this is the nature of the beast. It's the game that we're in. We have the privilege of having something that reaches so many people that they care a lot about. Uh, this this whole thing. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead John. Well, I was going to well, say, Nick and I were this. talking off the air about this. That uh, sorry, we were talking off the air about this. That there seems to be a different dynamic though between the people that talk about the games and like you know, Nikki and I were just talking about affiliates off the air. Like there seems to be this mass love for what goes on in the gyms, and then you throw the games in the mix and people lose their minds. <laughs> like, I don't know why that is. I can't, maybe just cause it's a sport. Maybe that's why, but it feels like we have two different communities. Do you guys, is there even a way to address that? Or is it just, you know, we just got to move forward and that'll take care of itself. Okay. I, th- I think part of, um, I, I think part of this is probably the, the nature of the sport. Mm. And, you know, you think about, I grew up in New Jersey I was a Mets fan. I had a lot of friends who were Phillies fans, like, or you take football with the Eagles. I had a bunch of buddies who were just, and people are so passionate about sport and they pour themselves into it. And you, you read the banter about a lot of this stuff. And I think it's a little bit of the nature of the beast. And again, so we got to have a little bit of thick skin. I think the other side of it is, I think we play a really important role in setting a tone. And mm. leading and being mature and being positive and being clear and listening. And my hope is that, and I know there are other leaders in our community who, who lead with principle, who care about the right thing, who want to be positive. And my hope is that we can all, we can set a tone and shift the tone in our ecosystem of, hey, we're working together. Um, we're going to support each other we're going to share feedback when we have it because that's a really important part of being better. Um, but we're going to build the trust part of what we're doing. I think, and what we have to do is we have to build a little bit of trust. We have to build it within the ecosystem. We have to build it with our community and, and, and that's going to take time and we got to be patient along the way. And, and to me with our team, it's about, we just need to lead with integrity. We need to learn with purpose. We need to do the right thing. We need to set an example for, for um, how we hope the community we want and that won't ever reach hundred yeah. percent people, but, but my hope is we can start to shift the tide a little bit. Yeah, this whole thing really fills me with hope because I think Don, what what you said about transparency is truly the fix for everything. It is truly the foundation for which this entire pyramid of a shift of change or a, a change of of mentality and a change of the culture and a shift in this communication pattern between the company and the community. It, it all all goes back to transparency because I do feel like once you set that intention internally and everyone kind of just communicates more as humans, it's just human to human. If you're really open and honest about like, hey, why'd you do that thing? Well, here's why. Well, I didn't like that. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. You know, and all of a sudden there is no more like hat to hang on anything that has to do with animosity or adversity or whatsoever, because you're just now very open about all the things and someone has the space to say, hey, I didn't like this or hey, this didn't work. And you have the space to say, you're right. 
let's fix it. Instead of like you're back against the wall and now you're like having to weirdly defend yourself about a, a decision that maybe wasn't right in the beginning, like opening up the transparent space allows people and brands and whoever to really have the leeway to make change, effective change. Yeah, that's so well said. And and one thing that came to mind as you were talking through that, I think, um, I think authenticity is so, mm-hmm. so important. And there are so many times when it's really easy to fall behind the PR speak or the bullet points or the versus just saying, hey, this is why yeah. we're doing what we're doing. And and our job is to to build confidence that people know that we care about the same thing. Like we we care about the community. We want to get to it. We're going to make the best decisions we can, and we're going to be really authentic about it. And yep. I think if we can do that well, I think we'll start and do it transparently. I think we'll see us start to see a shift. Yeah, that is the the biggest, and this is not in, in perfectly related. It's a little bit apples to oranges. But it's the biggest piece of feedback that I get about the business that I own and run is that mm-hmm. we are kind of unapologetically us. And oftentimes that is a little bit more casual, is a little bit less formal. It's a little bit less um, boilerplate, bulleted PR response to things and a little bit more, I don't know, rough around the edges, but it gets the job done. And nobody ever feels like we're hiding behind something that is polished or, you know, purely consumer facing. Like we're just us. We're doing the work that we believe is right. We have the space and transparency to talk about what went right and what went wrong. And if you like us, stay with us. And if you don't, okay, no hard feelings, you know? And I, I just, I do feel like all of that authenticity lends itself to trust and that lends itself to growth. So it makes sense to me. I love it. You know, one of your your two big goals is to get more people into the affiliates. You know, how do you get it in front of mm. people that have chronic disease or just need it? You know, I I'm passionate about this. I have a dad who's 78, started CrossFit two years ago. Uh, he's like the mayor of his CrossFit in Tupelo, Mississippi, and he goes mm. four or five days a week. And bluntly, it probably saved his life. For being honest, mm-hmm. like it certainly is going to extend it, and as long as he stays yeah. off the assault bike. Um, how how do you do that? How, you know, kind of what are your high level goals for how do we grow this business in a way to get more people like my dad, who's aren't athletes. There's everyday people that want to feel better, live longer. How do we get them? Well, in? Ask Don then ask me. Cause I also have big ideas when it comes to this. <laughs> oh, I love it. Perfect. I'm going to take notes, Nikki, when you're going. No, um, please do. So very timely question. This is given that it's our number one priority, the team's spending a lot of time. We are spending a lot of time on this right now. And, and I think there are, some things from our past, um, if we look back at, at um, the success that we've had early and how we've reached people that I think we may have drifted away from a little bit that we're going to lean back into. And then candidly, there's a bunch of stuff that we are going to experiment with. And, and a lot of it won't work, but but hopefully a few things do. And, and, and we're going to be really thoughtful and rigorous about how we approach that and then lean into the experiments. What I'd say, um, you know, on the first piece, I think the most powerful way um, to do this, and again, our team historically has done an amazing job, is lifting up those stories, helping people see the story of your dad and the impact it's had in his life and helping them understand the experience for him in the box. And for other folks who are like him sitting on their couch at home, maybe it shifts them from CrossFit's not to me to, oh, wait a second, this happened with my dad. I've been trying to get my dad in the box. And my dad has not historically been big on fitness, but we talked about it. He's always willing to give, you know, new jobs at a shop. And he actually proactively sent me a video he found on YouTube of a guy who's like three years older than him. And he's like, holy cow, I actually, you're, you're, you're right when you say it's for everyone. So um, our media team, we're going to invest. It's an area where we've got some really talented folks. Um, we have the good news here is we don't have to change the experience. We don't have to find, you know, you walk into you know, boxes around the world. You're going to see, I just got back from Brazil. We visited a box in Fortaleza and the class was probably six or seven women who were in their seventies. Um, whose lives have been, you know, uh, have been changed in a huge way. I heard it. So how do we, how do we capture those stories? How do we lift those stories up? How do we get them in front of people? So you're going to see us do a lot more on that front. Um, that's, that's one big area. Um, second, we are thinking about now, what I've asked our team is no matter what part of the team you work on, your number one job is growth. Whether you're in finance or partnerships or marketing um, or you're on the affiliate team, 
Um, your job is to think about how you can show up every day and help get new people in the gym. And so when we think about an area like partnerships, you know, historically, I think we've had a large orientation on thinking about partnerships through a revenue lens. And that, that'll continue to be important for us um, in, in finding partners and brands that can help us on, on that dimension. But we're also going to think creatively about how do we think about partnerships through a growth lens? Can we find partners where there's really strong growth alignment or maybe there are uh, partners who have audiences that could be a good fit where we can do some co-marketing and be a win-win. Um, and so, again, there's a lot of work that we'll do to, to try some stuff. Um, and then we've got some work to do candidly internally to make sure we have the infrastructure so we can evaluate and measure our impact. So we actually know mm -hmm. what's working and what isn't working. We need to know, ultimately, for us, how many people yesterday walked into affiliate. And, and did they walk in because of work that we're doing? And if we can connect the dots on that, then we can really lean into and put a lot of resources behind the things that are working best. And, uh, an Achilles seal for the company. You guys just don't have the data you need to find out. That's, That's right. That, and, that and, is an attribution nightmare. Holy <laughs> moly. <laughs> well, you're sitting on a gold mine. I mean, we all, everyone knows you've got millions of CrossFitters. Just nobody knows how many million exactly. and where they are right. and how often they right. show up and how much they're paying. And, you know, we do right. know what shoes they're wearing, for whatever that's worth. Fact. But, you can find them in the airport. You yeah, you can absolutely find them in the airport. Exactly. Um, all right, I think that's huge. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, I full on agree because I think so. I've been working uh, with CrossFit Media for eight, nine years now. And my favorite experience, and I have done them all and been all over the world. I'm very fortunate to be involved in many different aspects of, of the games. But my favorite experience, bar none, was the weird games in 2020 when it was just like me and six of my closest buddies at the ranch. And part one, and I got to host a pre-show before the competition went live. And it was only affiliate stories, like epic athlete stories and one-on-one -on -one interviews with the athletes and a whole bunch of sit down one-on-one -on -one questions with Dave too, which was like one of my favorite things that I've ever done, even though I, I sweat through my, I sweat through my outfit that day. I was so nervous. Um, that was the, that was the, the most fun I've ever had. And I love interviewing a few, uh, athletes and I love being on the sidelines, but having like real time dedicated to telling those stories where, you know, people were watching, people were absolutely tuning in because that was, you know, that this is our Super Bowl. It's like the most important thing to us. And to have eyeballs on some of those really important stories. And I'm still friends with some of the people that I interviewed that year because cool. it was just wonderful being able to share their journey. So I full on agree that that elevating those stories and continuing to raise those stories to the forefront of all of our minds, competitive affiliate, all of them, um, are, is really important. And then I have a whole, I have a whole, I'm a performance marketer, right? Like that's my, that's my gig. So I do have a whole, whole series of ideas on how to drive people into affiliates. And I, I think that, um, specific, support for affiliate owners, but you guys came out with that marketing manual recently. I think that was an excellent first step. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little bit difficult to act on inside the digital marketing space via a PDF. I think it's much easier to have someone with a performance marketing background or brain to be able to bounce those ideas off of, share your screen when you're trying to place a Facebook ad that's geographically targeted because Facebook is promising 2 million impressions, but that's like not real. That's not how Marketplace actually works. So I think continuing to expand that work that you guys are doing in, in lending support to the affiliate owners to get physical people in their door. How do they communicate with the communities and the communities around them to explain that we're here for you, we're here for a free class or scale your thing or we're going to be at the park and this is for everyone and not just our, you know, like how do we get those messages in front of people effectively? Unfortunately, is much more complicated than the quote unquote self-serve platforms pretend that they are. Okay. Um, and so continuing that work, I think will be, will be critical. I got all sorts of ideas we can offline about if you want. Well, yeah, you can, I would love all your ideas. <laughs> sure. Please, um, just doubling down on, on the, the points that you mentioned, like there's work that we will do at the brand level. Um, yeah. but, but we know a lot of the growth comes in these local communities and expecting every single affiliate to, to be an expert in um, social marketing, uh, SEM, SEO. Um, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Not to mention, um, we need to figure out how we support all of our affiliates 
outside the US in markets that yeah. don't speak English? And and how do we allow them to lift up stories of you know Brazilians whose lives being changed, featuring affiliates in those markets? And so one of the big things we need to figure out is how we extend and scale and empower our affiliates in these local communities to tell these stories and do the work on their own. So that's uh yeah. I actually yeah. marketing this morning and we were talking specifically about this. Good. That's huge. Supporting um, affiliates and what you guys provide to them. And I was curious, what are some of the long-term plans of, of extra support, particularly if you're saying, all right, we're going to grow and get more bodies in. Like I think of, uh, you know, just kind of historically where I've seen affiliate struggles, they don't really understand great business practices, HR, um, you know, diversity training, like things that normally a company would provide their affiliates or, you know, whatever you want to would call them that, you know, we've never had to do that. And now we're talking about bringing in more people into the, into the mix. We're adding new affiliates. Like, how do you add that? How long does it take? Like, what do you, what are kind of your top high level items you want to add as support Mm -hmm. to the affiliate owners? Yeah. So, um, you know, on this front, you know, this area is like is essential. You know, the time I've spent so far meeting with affiliates, um, you know, you hear a lot of folks, most folks get into it, may, maybe the vast majority of affiliates get into it because uh, they love CrossFits and they want to be a coach and they want to change lives. And then you realize really quickly on top of, of doing that, you also need to, to get really good at running a small business. And, and that's a different set of skills and experiences that takes time to learn. And you know, I think it's our responsibility to make sure that, that those resources are there um, and that we can help um, uh, affiliate owners um, be able to pour as much of their time and energy into coaching as they can because they know they've got a good foundation. So um, the, the high level, um, we are, this will be an area that we spend time on. So you will see more from us on this front. And I'd say there's kind of two things. One, uh, as you know, there are some folks in the ecosystem already who do this um, and um, we want to figure out are there ways that we can support and empower them to have a larger impact. So, uh, and then the second is what type of resources and support do we want to provide internally on the business side? And so most of our focus historically for affiliates has been on supporting the coach. Um, we are going to add some resources and experiment with some things around supporting the affiliate owner. So we have a uh, a program now where we're looking at, we have a, a, a round tables where affiliate owners can get together. They can talk about different topics. Some of those are around the business side. Um, we're looking at um, uh, uh, some other opportunities where we can specifically provide best practice materials with some um, in-person support uh, around specific business topics. Um, eventually we've got to figure out how we build something that's really scalable you know, we are one of our biggest challenges, I think, as a company is we're about 200 people full time. We've got millions of members and we've got tens of thousands of affiliate owners. So not to mention the fact that they're in dozens of markets around the world. And so we have to figure out how do we how do we provide exceptional support in a really, really scalable sort of way? Um, one of those ways is working with partners. You can extend that. And the second is. Um, an investment in technology. That's not an area historically where we put sufficient focus, but it's an area where we'll, we'll spend some more time. We we had chatted on a couple episodes ago just about um, kind of the the risk to the brand if you do or you don't invest in these things. You know, there was a, a story out about some gym, some I don't even know where it was. Some some pervert put a camera in the bathroom. Yeah. You know? Right. And and so Nikki and I were talking about it. I'm like, it's a real risk to the firm. It's not CrossFit's fault. This guy's an idiot, you know. But it becomes a risk if it happens more than once and there's no HR training or business practice training or whatever. And I was like kind of wondering out loud, is that something you could offer as a solution without having to deliver it to everyone? And what I mean by that is yeah. here's the program online. It's yours, it's part of your three thousand dollar annual fee. If you want to use it, use it. If you don't use it, that's on you, <laughs> but you know, it protects CrossFit and allows, you know, a smart affiliate owners go, yeah, that would be valuable for my coaches to take this HR training or diversity training or whatever, you know, and some gyms wouldn't need it at all. Cause some of these gyms have one coach, you know, just yeah. wouldn't make sense for them. 
but I, th- I think the short answer is yes. Like I think that type of investment is really valuable. Those are the types of things that we're looking at. And, you know, we know one of the things that is really powerful and unique about our relationship with affiliates is um, affiliate owners feeling like they're, they have real autonomy and they have the opportunity to run their own business. Our job is to give them resources and support them and they can choose kind of where and how they want to invest. Five different affiliates last week I was traveling and I dropped in five different gems and they're like snowflakes. They're mm-hmm. all, they're all individually different. One was a 2007 affiliate. Like I walked, it was CrossFit Cincinnati and I walked in there. And I said to him, I'm like, you guys must've been the first gym in town to actually get the name Cincinnati. And they're like, yeah, we were 2007. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. the plyo boxes actually had pukey spray painted on the side. Like that's how old they were, you know? Oh gee. Yeah. yeah and it looked like, you know, a gym that had been around for close to 20 years. And then I dropped into CrossFit Illuminate, which is owned by a games athlete. And it's literally brand new. Like you can still, you know, smell the plastic coming off the, uh, the equipment and it's, you know, just so wildly different, but they all had the same vibe, you know, just people just enjoying the community. And so it really struck me how unique our community is in that way. You know, people doing it for 20 years or people doing it for two months and they all they all have that same level of passion, but such different levels of understanding their business. And that's where you guys come mm-hmm. in of, of really helping them be successful, because I want to see that two month affiliate be successful. Without question. And yeah, I had the, you know, same experience last week in Brazil. It's amazing. You can, you know, this is 10,000 miles away. That number's wrong, but somewhere in that direction, very far from here. Uh, I'm sure I'll get fact check on that, but um, very far away, you walk into a box and while there are elements that are very different, there's an essence that's exactly the same. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the beauty and part of the beauty and magic of CrossFit is that we have allowed for this innovation in the experience that uh, can support um, different people around the world is part of what makes it so powerful and unique and attracts people, small business owners who, who, kind of want to own and innovate and, and run things. I think at the same time, I think we have to make sure that we recognize that um, we are part of one community and we have this brand and we need to make sure that if you're a member and you walk into any box around the world, we want to make sure you have a great experience, not exactly the same experience, but we want to make sure you have a great coaching experience. We want to make sure that that, that box is really well run. And so I think that's where our job comes in is how do we make sure that every, every affiliate, every experience for every member around the world is a great one and that every affiliate owner is really well supported to run a really successful business. And so, yeah, philosophically, that's part of kind of how we're thinking about what role we play and how we support affiliate owners. So we make sure that experience is great while preserving for um, the flexibility and innovation around how they want to run their box. That's hard. That's a really difficult balance. Almost impossible. <laughs> Almost impossible because it's like you do want a touch point to every single person who walks into a gym, right? Because that's your brand. That's your company. But you want your affiliate owners to feel empowered enough to run their business in a way that is well representative of your brand. And if they're pissed at you, you don't want that to come through to your members, to put it bluntly. But I do feel like, I feel like, Don, like you being a real member of our community like you coming from this background of, of sport and competition, uh, maybe even to a fault, that's okay. Uh, you, you kind of represent the journey that a lot of us have been on, especially the long-term uh, affiliate owners, coaches, members, right? Like, like I've coaching now for a decade. I have seen the arc <laughs> that you can go on while being a part of this community for so long and it has peaks and valleys and you kind of can like watch members come in behind you and they're going through the same thing and you understand the cycle of you get in and you never want to take a rest day and then you start to understand your body and it's like this whole thing so i just i just feel like you and your team that you know the the 200 people or at least the the leaders of each individual area that i know of the experience that they have as being a part of this community for so long is I think what's going to help drive that balance because you guys have a a respect and understanding of what the affiliate owners want, but I still don't envy you trying to find exactly where the tipping point is because that is going to be difficult. For sure. And it's funny because you can look at that, you know, through two different lenses. It's, you know, on one hand, it's super hard 
and, and it means there's no necessarily clear obvious easy path for us. Right. On the flip side, it's extraordinarily difficult, if not impossible, to replicate. You know, I suspect if someone had talked to you know to Greg to Glassman twenty years ago and he described this model, people would have been like, "There's no way that'll ever work. You're going to it won't work, no right?" And here we are. And so, yeah. you know, I think preserving that magic and then figuring out, yeah, it's hard, but but that's our job. And I, I think there are things that we can do because at the end of the day, um, there's a lot when we hear from affiliates because I think 99%, 100% of affiliates, they want to deliver a great experience. They want great coaching. They want to run a successful business. And so uh, if if we present them with the right resources, Hopefully, you know, we start to see folks tap into that um, and that manifest in, in this great experience. But it's not easy. Nikki yeah. and I were having an argument off the air earlier as we were prepping for this as to how vital the games are to growing the brand. How vital do you feel the games are to growing? The I think brand? the games are and, and, and I'll zoom out and talk about sport. You know, I think um, and the games are obviously the, the, the biggest manifestation of that for us. I think. CrossFit as a sport is um, one of our most powerful, unique weapons that, that, that when we look at this ecosystem, nobody else has. And um, it is, you know, for us, we have this opportunity. We've created something that is, let's maybe say it's not quite mainstream yet, but it has the opportunity to be, I think, over time. And so I think the question for us is um, how do we leverage sport and the games in service of growth and in service of supporting our affiliates best. Again, that North star that's most important. And I absolutely think there's a path there. Um, I think it's going to require um, some experimentation, some thinking, us hitting pause and saying, let's take a step back for a second. As we think about how we approach the games and how we approach sport, do we have a sense for how it's driving growth? How do we manage this tension between um, getting a lot of eyeballs, looking at it with the, Hey, I see Tia Toomey. I see these incredible athletes and it just reinforces that CrossFit's not for me. And so, um, there is work we need to do to better understand the impact it's having and driving growth and then be really comfortable and aggressive with experimenting in leveraging sport in slightly different ways to drive the outcomes we care about. So one of the things you may have seen that I know we emphasized this year at the games was when you looked at the media that we produced for it, we had a really big increase in everyday stories. We featured affiliates mm -hmm. much more strongly. We featured everyday people. We had some great spots where we had an, an elite athlete and every eight day athlete doing a, you know, doing a scale version of the same exercise. I think there are things like that, that we need to continue to lean into and say, Hey, we have this secret weapon. How do we leverage it most effectively to drive what we care about? And Oh, by the way, obviously, um, if we can reach more people, that's more viewership. That's better for our athletes. It's better for everyone in that ecosystem. So I'm really confident in it, but we don't know exactly what that path is yet. We got to go figure it out. From that answer? Me. I think me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a wash. Well, I, just, I think we break even. I just... I think. Okay, deal, deal. I will say that I just believe, and again, like I'm a marketer at heart, so I believe that it can be leveraged in a way that inspires people to step into the box for the first time. And if that is true, even on any level, then the sport silo of CrossFit is incredible, incredibly important to growth. That's that's just kind of where I'm at. And I do think I felt like in my bones, I felt that increase in community support this past year at games. I loved the media and I loved being able to like incorporate more of those stories into, into the I don't know, just the overall like sports storytelling. Like it just, they, they merged in a, in a different way that reminded me a little bit more of what I was able to do in 2020 and more of that. Yes. All the time, please. Yeah. And I think that the one other piece that I would add is I think the games, you know, this was my first year at the games and gosh, I'm, I'm remiss. I wish I had started going earlier. And it was just a magical experience. Like mm -hmm. the energy there that like the feeling of community and connection that I walked away with, with was incredible. And so, and I think one of the things that we've learned about CrossFit is our best engine of growth is existing CrossFitters who are incredibly passionate about CrossFit and go tell other people about it. And so I think there's this indirect 
I think the games is something that a lot of people in our community really look forward to. The open is something that people look forward to. And if that means they're more passionate, more engaged, I think that is really helpful for us in driving growth. So we have work to do in, in thinking about how we evolve it, but I, I think it's, I think it's, a, you know, there's a lot of potential and it's really powerful. Really look forward to the games. I, I guess the thing Nikki and I were arguing about is I always see in the comments CrossFit is this, CrossFit is that. And they're talking about the games, but they just keep saying CrossFit. And as someone who like found the sport through an affiliate, because somebody just grabbed me and said, you have to try this. It'll get you in shape and make you feel better. And we weren't talking about competing. I just wanted to live longer for my daughters. I'm really passionate about CrossFit is a health methodology, not a game. And Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, th I think that is right. And I think our, when we zoom out and think about um, how we communicate and how we touch people and how we expose people to CrossFit, I do think that the balance of elite athlete stories and everyday stories has been off. And I think when you look at our media spend, when you look at our, the amount of resources we put towards it, we have been um, under-resourced and under-leveraged. Um, in balancing that out, because you're right, it shouldn't be the predominance of people's impression of CrossFit should not be strictly through the lens of the CrossFit Games. It should be about the affiliate owner. It should be about the everyday person whose life it was changed. And then the games are this celebration of, you know, the highest manifestation of, of what we do. And so that will be a big focus for us next year is we're like, hey, how do we put more resources against those other areas? So we've got the appropriate balance. Yeah. Uh, are we doing this in Birmingham, Alabama in two years? Uh, well, we, we are, we, as you read this week, um, that, that announcement's coming later. So we got nothing, I, nothing more to share there. That's an excellent answer. I'm a Southerner through and through that Birmingham, Alabama is three hours from my hometown and my 78 year old dad will be 80 that year and can make his first trip to the games. If you guys do it. So I'm a huge supporter of Birmingham. Well, I will Alabama. come back and let the team know that your dad, you and your dad put a vote in favor of somewhere in the South. So oh, you barbecue, know what? After, Ritz, well, come on. It's like, who wouldn't love Birmingham? You meet, after you meet John's dad, you might actually do that. He's that kind of a person. Love it. I love it. <laughs> It'd absolutely talk you into it. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Well, Don, thanks for taking an hour with us, man. I know you're crazy busy and uh, Nikki and I are super appreciative. I know the community is appreciative to hear what you're doing and the focus and I, I can't speak for everybody else. I won't even speak for Nikki, but I'll speak for myself. I love your North Star. I think you're hitting it yeah. right on the head and exactly what we've been looking for and what we want to see happen. And, you know, much like you probably heard from everyone else, whatever we can do to help, say the word. Yes. We're all in because we love this place. Love it. Well, thank you so much for that. I'm really grateful. Um, thank you for the time today. I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun conversation. And, uh, and thank you for what you do for the community. Um, you guys are really. Oh, important. yes. The memes. Thank you for the means, John. That's right. That's right. I figured I came on this to mitigate the possibility that I'd end up as no, a meme. They're coming. It. No, Don, they, they're, they're really coming. No, uh, no one negotiated that. See, this is uh, okay. Well, no. we'll see. I'm not even safe. I'm not even safe from the memes. True, so. true story. The very first time I met Greg, uh, when he he called me at home on a Sunday, and the first words out of my mouth to him, like, "Are you going to have me killed?" For all these memes I make about you. <laughs> and he's like, no, he's like, I have a really thick skin. I'm like, are you sure? Because there's more coming. Like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Perfect. I'm good. Well, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you guys again. Really appreciate it. And look forward to talking again soon. Absolutely. Nikki, great seeing you in the middle of the day. I know, I like time, it. Taking time off from running your job. Tell your team I appreciate you uh getting a free moment. No problem. We'll do. All right. Well, for everyone. Send ideas. We'd love your suggestions. Cool. Got you. I got no, you. Trust me. She was already working on the email, Don. She was already working Perfect. it out. Perfect. So, all right. Well, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us this afternoon, and we will chat with you guys soon.